Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode is brought to you by City Index. You shouldn't have to pay a premium for the most exciting market opportunities. Start trading the biggest companies for less with City Index's commission-free U.S. share CFDs. Go long or short with $0 commission on Apple, Amazon and our full range of US markets both in and out of hours. Visit cityindex.com to try a risk-free demo account today. City Index, invested in your success. All trading involves risk. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, hello. It's the 31st of August, 2022, final day of the month. This is the COB. I'm Nadine Blaney, and I'm here with Kyle Rudda. How are you? I'm really good. I feel like it's been a little while since we've done this. And like you said, last day of the month, August, hurrah. Oh, hurrah, hurrah. 6,983 at one point. Mm. Uh, It was much worse than the final figure, actually. So down by two-tenths of a percent. Look, I'm saying it is a disappointment after the gains that we saw yesterday, but could have been much worse, you know, when we came online this morning down more than a percentage point. So clawed some of those losses back today. Um, Still, though, it was energy uh, and materials really weighing on this market overall. Pretty pretty painful falls that we saw in commodities overnight. Yeah, exactly. I suppose that's why it is sort of surprising that we didn't see the the broader market down even further when you've got, you know, a big drop in in energy and material stocks on Wall Street. It never augurs well for the ASX 200, but... Bit of strength coming through IT, maybe the financials, you know, benefiting from higher rates. I, I, I couldn't say, but um, yeah, fairly modest losses compared to what was what was at the third straight day of, of losses on Wall Street yeah. and um, the S and P five hundred at one month lows. So, um, you know, count our blessings. You know what? It's also interesting. The emerging companies index up by close to two percent. The small ords up by pretty much a percentage point. That's even though the Russell was down ah, in the percentage New York. point. Yeah. Small odds. Yeah. So, that's um, wild. I mean, you can double check, but that's what my. Yeah, uh, yeah no, my I, belie- are I believe me. you. It's just um, so counterintuitive, you know. That's yeah, a good thing. I know, but you know, you've got Nitro Software up by 41% today. Probably helps. Um, M&A coming through from private equity. They've rejected the bid, say it doesn't fairly value the company, saying mm. they want more for it, telling shareholders uh, obviously not to take any action, but also saying that they would consider a fair. You know, offer for the company. I know I had a chat with Steve Johnson from Forger Funds. He owns Nitro. And yeah, he pretty much, I mean, he was out there talking about it today yet again, just saying that the deal is not good for shareholders. That if Nitro just dialed back its spending because it's still spending for growth, that it would, you know, move to that cash flow break even much quicker and on the road to profitability. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that nitro. But, you know, Kyle, it just speaks to the dynamics of the market and this beaten down tech space. Yeah, well, I mean, that was another thing that I found somewhat surprising, really. I mean, the NASDAQ was only down by 1.1%. I say only because normally you'll see, you know, in those sort of rate-driven sell-offs that underperform the broader S&P 500. So it was dead on uh, what uh, the drop was for the, for the S&P 500. But our tech space, 
outperformed. It did really quite well. It was led, led the market higher. Was up. What was it? One point five percent for the mm-hmm. day. So, again, there you go. Um, can't always trust entirely the leaders you, you get from Wall Street. There's our our own little micro micro drivers um, in our in our market. Yeah, and um, look, it's it's interesting to see Tyro Payments having a really good day. That's despite, get this, its price target being cut 70% to $1.40. $1.40 per share. It was also cut to equal weight from overweight by Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley actually saying that they were wrong to give Tyro an overweight rating. They said they misjudged the magnitude and speed with which unprofitable payment stocks have fallen out of favor with the market. So despite mm. that downgrade, Tyro was the second best performer yeah. on the 200, up by 8.6%. Doesn't that just feel counterintuitive? It does. I mean, I th- the first thing I see is that the the, the price is at $1.20. So, I mean, I don't know if that, the fact that it's at a discount to some of those price targets has anything to do with it. But... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just yeah. the market's doing crazy things. I'm not so sure. We've, we've seen it with Zip, for example. That was up again another 9.3%. So maybe uh, I remember a few years ago, a few years ago, a few weeks ago, it was James White talking from uh, Less of Investment Management, the uh, the Dash for Trash. I, I don't want to be casting any aspersions, but there's a couple of pretty volatile stocks out there up today. So so maybe there's something to do with it, but yeah. I don't know. Um, Webjet, though, this is based on news. Webjet came out today with a trading update saying that things are looking pretty schmick really they're saying group bookings are looking to get back to 95 percent of pre-pandemic levels um we had a chat with uh, alex leyland actually from leyland private wealth to end the day it's up on the website you might want to take a listen he commented on webjet i also spoke with scott phillips from the motley fool mm-hmm. earlier today he spoke about webjet as well that is also uh, up online he was just saying y- you know we had a actually really nice nice conversation at 10 o'clock in the morning so still there was you know plenty of of digestion to go through with some of the companies that reported but you know we uh we talked about atlas arteria which is another company that reported today and just talked about how in the future um like especially now when we see the dynamics changing in terms of rates when we will likely see earnings um have some headwinds with rising rates a week of consumer just how integral management is and management's ability to execute and he just said yeah you really want companies that have strong fundamentals and strong management teams yeah. and, and that's in the newsletter uh, or it's in the newsletter but it's also available via the show notes that's what i was getting at if you'd like to have a listen yeah yeah brilliant uh, i mean that's um it is an interesting one talking about the earnings story um the first thing that popped well popped into my head just in terms of the conversation i had today was with uh with matt sherwood from perpetual he's saying so that he, I, well he's right up my strassi you know what i mean uh investment strategy looks very macro so i love uh, my 11 o'clock chats with him i think on well wednesdays typically if i you know i'm not mistaken obviously today's wednesday uh, but he was just basically talking that you know obviously the uh, the fed situation is very important but one underappreciated risk is that the uh, decline in earnings from any recession isn't being discounted yet so um be careful of those company with companies with volatile earnings and perhaps hopium baked into the share price because uh, in an economic downturn there um you know certainly uh, going to, to feel the pinch. Yeah, he's um, he's been quite right in terms of, you know, he, he didn't believe that that bear market rally had legs. Um, yeah, he's calling it another leg down through the month of September. Mm. Um, look, why don't we, while we are on equities, just for now, because I would like to talk macro in a little bit more detail in a moment, um, just get to the stock of the day, which was Harvey Norman, another one of those companies that did report today. NPAT dropped by 3.6%. Look, pointing to COVID lockdowns and um, 
you know, you can't help but think about a Harvey Norman in terms of consumer strength going forward. We spoke with Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial and Carl Capuilinga from Think Markets to see what they make of the investment opportunity of Harvey Norman now and into the near-term future. I think in the case of Harvey Norman, like many of these different retailers, the worst may yet to be may still be to become. Um, Basically, we haven't really seen the impact of higher rates flow through to unemployment yet. A lot of, um, a lot of customers have had their savings rate boosted up by, um, by government handouts and whatnot. So that's starting to dwindle, those savings rates. You would expect there to be some pressure coming on the domestic economy um, once those interest rates continue to ratchet up and affect um, borrowers in particular. Um, so. We are cautious on the outlook. Harvey Norman, it's by no means the worst business in the world. It's been a pretty steady performer for a long period of time. They've obviously got their expansion plans globally. It's quite a, a diverse um, set of countries that they're exposed to these days. Uh, but they've also got a very large property portfolio underlying and underpinning the share price of Harvey Norman and underpinning that yield to some extent as well. So look, there are, look it's not something I'll be buying given those macro headwinds. I mean, at the moment, I'll be tempted to sell. I agree, look pretty solid. There's too much uncertainty in the outlook for me to get really excited about it. And it's not the cheapest stock anyway. So with a bit of a cloudy sort of macro picture, the valuation is not exciting. And then I get to the chart, which is kind of that third uh, tent peg, isn't it? And it's not exciting either. So I can just see, look, short-term rally, don't get me wrong, but it's bumping up against some of those long-term resistance zones here. Mm. And the candles I'm seeing since it got there are looking quite bearish. So I think um, there's a bit of sell the rally going on. And I think if you're, you know, if you're an active manager of your portfolio and you're looking for a better story with better growth and a better chart, maybe take advantage of this rally to sell like uh, some of those big investors are doing as well. So I'm going to go sell. That is not going to be put to the investment committee next time they meet. Um, you can listen to that full episode of the call via the show notes. There are believe a couple of buys in there double buys from the guests so you'll want to take a listen to that okay okay let's talk macro let's. let's talk china we need to talk about china so we saw factory activity extending declines in august so covid we know about that but also heat waves the worst in decades and you know still some big concerns big problems with the property sector you know weighing on production so the pmi um, did rise to 49.4 in August, um, up slightly from July, but still in contractionary territory. So, um, yeah, second straight month of contraction. So I think that's, you know, pointing to, yeah, real weakness in the sector. Yeah, I mean, the, the data itself was, you know, slightly better than expected. I didn't see a huge amount of market response to it. But, I mean, you know, clearly it's a conversation that we keep having with guests. And, you know, there's just no developments on that story yet there's things happening but nothing's moving anywhere and i think that's kind of what's the frustration is for markets at the moment where we know there's a slowdown we had in the last couple of weeks the pboc easing policy so they're clearly you know wanting to protect the financial system and also add some assistance to the to um, construction activity the the property sector but i think the overwhelming uh, message i get from commentators here is that we're kind of waiting for that National um, national Party Congress in a couple of months' time. And then there's divergent views on whether that will herald perhaps a looser 
um, policy in terms of the, the health situation or whether they'll remain so strict with, with dynamic zero um, and whether you know they'll start to pump in more stimulus after, after that as well. So the, the data kind of fleshed out what in a way we already know, which is it's going nowhere and we've got no clarity as to where, where to next for, for China's economy, uh, other than the fact that you know, clearly it's not very strong and it's, it's adding to those woes about you know, global growth. Well, um, ANZ has downgraded um, its economic outlook. It says that China's GDP uh, will likely dip below 3% in the third quarter this year, so it's revised its forecasts on that front. I mean, yeah, we've got uh, a lot coming up in China in terms of uh, politics. Um, but again, we you know we had some reports coming up from the property space yesterday that were just uh, pretty poor. If I look around the region today, we had um, the uh, the composite down at least as we're recording by about six tenths of a percent. The Shenzhen index down by one point seven percent. The Hang Seng though looking uh, pretty perky, at least at this hour. Um, so there's that to keep your your focus on in the macro. Um, there's obviously all that we're still digesting in the wake of Jackson Hole, but now we turn to, well, tonight we get some data on mortgages, we get some data on manufacturing in the States, and we get the ADP read. Now, our colleague Scotty says that he's never going to talk about the ADP read again because it's just not a good indicator of what's to come with the jobs read on Friday. So still some big risk events on the horizon this week in terms of the macro. Yeah, and I would... Wouldn't mind just chucking in there too because I had a, a great chat today with uh, Matthew Hassan, senior economist at Westpac. He was on the big picture just after we had the construction work done, data released oh, yeah. today, and it was much worse than expected, down 3.8%. COVID disruptions, um, not enough workers, high input costs, clearly the, the space is in un under a lot of stress, seemingly manifesting in that data. He kind of said too that we've got all these GDP partials coming out over the next few days and we've got the, the June quarter GDP on Wednesday after the, the RBA delivers its decision um, that it raises the risk that maybe it could be flat or negative. We'll see how we get go tomorrow with CAPEX. So um, just want to watch there because his, his whole thing was that we're getting just, you know, some mixed signals at the moment. Retail sales is really good on Monday. This data was rather poor. CAPEX will be interesting, you know, backward looking. So the market shouldn't move too much on the GDP. Uh, but still, um, it's important just to get that kind of health check as to where the economy is going and what position the economy is in as the RBA, you know, basically slams the brakes on the economy. Well, um, look, we are heading toward the European Open. I guess it depends on when you're listening to this podcast. I would love to know when people normally listen to it, yeah. what time of day. We need to get Nick on some, uh, some data there. Yeah, yeah anyhow, um, as of right now, Europe is looking like it might open on a firmer footing before we get inflation data there. So keep in mind, we do have Eurozone inflation. We have Canadian GDP. We've got that US ADP employment read. We've got a lot of speakers tonight. We've got uh, the Fed's Loretta speakers, Mester, yeah. Lori Logan, Raphael Bostic. So we'll be discussing what they are talking about. But yeah, it's, it's European inflation. It hit a record high of 9% in August. And we continue to really worry about energy prices there. Yeah, um, Goldman Sachs releasing a note overnight warning to plus 20% inflation in the UK. Um, that is crazy. Could you imagine? Absolutely wild. But, um, you know, we'll see if it comes to fruition. But what a world that would be. Yeah. All right. Interesting to note, uh, just given that we're at the end of the month, we've got Japanese shares yeah, tracking Wall Street and our market, you know, in, the, in tune with what's going on in Asia. Lower, but it's actually 
um, posted its uh, second monthly gain. Hmm. And uh, the S&P ASX 200 over the month was up by six-tenths of a percent still. So just to put a bit of perspective on things, I think, um, before we say goodbye and before we get too upset about losing even more ground today and falling below that 7,000 level once again, sitting at 6,987, off by close to two-tenths of a percent today, Kyle. Mm, bring on September. Bring on September. Ah, oh, but you know that September's usually, September and October, you know that they're usually weak months, right, for equities? Yeah. Yeah, we talk about those seasonal factors, but I'm losing my voice. <laughs> I think we should go home, shall we? Yeah, let's rest up. Okay, have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.